Come on. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Catherine Halpin. Catherine, are you ready to do this? I sure am, George. Excellent. Let's do this. Catherine is the founder and CEO of the Helping Companies, a business optimization and strategy alignment consulting firm. She's an expert in the people side of business transitions and transactions. I'm excited to have you back on. Catherine, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Well, I grew up in Mississippi and went to work at a very young age, about nine or 10 years old, in my dad's CPA firm. And then I became a CPA, and I was always so frustrated that no one was addressing the people issues. If you have people, you have people issues. The team dynamics and the baggage that people bring. I brought a ton of baggage with me. So in 1995, I founded the helping company so I could just focus exclusively on helping leaders grow their teams and their companies by giving just a tiny bit of focus and attention to their to the people aspects. Got it. Certainly. I'm quite passionate about this topic. Yeah, I appreciate that. So we are having this conversation on April the 29th, and unfortunately, we don't know if we're at the beginning or the middle of the end of of the pandemic. So just sort of assume that mm-hmm. that you know I, I don't know <laughs> we are going through it. So when, we're when, going through it. Yeah. So when you're talking to organizations, um, I, I I hate to say that it's it's an opportunity, but I think that mm-hmm. either you're forced into it or maybe you're in a position to 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 be more agile. And to mm-hmm. to to maybe look at your, your 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 workforce and make sure that you are the correct size. Right, right. Well, we have to because our revenues are down for many companies. They're up in a lot of my technology clients, but they're down in in so many industries. And we have to be able to right size. And since the dot com era, my clients have been able to be agile during these trying times by increasing their revenues and creating an environment of only A players. And when you do that, um, the people that don't want to be an A player tend to self-select out. So that attrition allows you to, um, you know, decrease, increase your payroll savings, decrease your, your payroll costs, and also build a team of, of people that can really carry you through this kind of the, um, traumas. Because whether it was a dot-com or 9-11 or the big economic recession or now this pandemic, these are traumas and we have to have, we have to bring our best selves and we have to create an environment where everybody else wants to bring their best self to. Yeah. Well, I certainly appreciate that. So when you say that, that you can perhaps help people who don't want to be a players select out, what, what do you mean by that? Well, it's 
so simple. It's just so it's basic management 101, but it's common sense, but not common practice. First of all, the leaders have to get clear on what their expectations are. I tell my clients, you don't need the foosball table and the ping pong table and the free food. That's all great. But what people most want at work is the how to be successful. So when the leadership team can get clear on what are our expectations, what are our metrics, what are our time frames, and communicate that in a way that people can really get their head around it and understand what the importance of their role. If people understand the importance of their role in the process, they'll give you 250%. If they don't understand it, then they're going to be slackers and just hanging out. So first, the leaders have to get clear. And then the leaders have to take personal responsibility for these questionable performers instead of the normal human uh, instinct is to say, oh, this guy's an idiot. He just doesn't get it. No, we have to take responsibility. We have to pretend we can magically rewind the clock and do a do-over with this guy or with this team. And when we ask ourselves, if I could magically rewind the clock, what would I do different? We can always see a thousand things that we could have done differently. Usually they're around being more explicit with our expectations. So when, when the leader goes to a team or goes to an individual and says, you know, Bob, Bob and Betty Sue, I'm so sorry y'all haven't been successful in this project. I can see in hindsight that I could have done these three things differently. But guess what? I'm going to take full responsibility for this. I'm going to give you as much support as you need to be successful. And then the kicker is, let's meet at 2 o'clock tomorrow to come up with a new plan of action. So you're, you're not cutting them any slack. You're raising your expectations of them and um, engaging with them more clearly more consistently and that creates a space when when the leaders do those two simple simple things people tend to uh, step up quickly and become a players or they have a wonderful job opportunity in some place like toledo ohio <laughs> they, they self-select out i've seen it i've seen it now for 25 years it's crazy and then the byproduct i didn't know this 25 years ago but the byproduct is the company accelerates their growth their revenues increase their shareholder value increases and um and then that gives them the ability to be more uh, agile and adaptable and flexible yeah well, I certainly and, can... and the, in this environment the, uh, another byproduct is it create because you're engaging more effectively and creating the safe space for your people by taking personal responsibility. It creates a space for people to innovate. And so they'll innovate. Hey, we got a new idea about how we could do this process. Or I think we could have a whole new line of business here if we just tweak our processes this way. So because you're creating a safety, then people feel safe to come forward with their ideas or their concerns. Yeah. And, and, and what an environment that is then. So I love mm-hmm. it. <clears throat> all right. So this, this all, you, you said common sense, not common practice. Why isn't it common practice? Is it, it's uncomfortable? Is it, I don't have the skills? Well, most of my big corporate clients over the last have been required, even if they're senior executives, they've been required to go to training on that book called Crucial Conversations. And that's all well and good, but I haven't met anybody in my life and um, that really was looking forward to having a crucial conversation. Right. And so this approach is 
so gracious, so much more encouraging. It's encouraging for you and it's encouraging for them. When you can see in hindsight what you could have done differently and you are willing to own that, it just is magical. Conflict disappears. People step up. People feel safer to innovate. It's just an amazing um, tool. But but it's just not something we're, we're trained to, to do, nor does our society uh, encourages our, you know, we're so litigious and everybody's blaming everybody else. And, and I did that for the whole 20 years. I was an accountant and um, a CPA first working in my, it started with my dad. I was always a victim, always um, my dad or whoever I worked for, they would say, oh, you know, we're going to do this project this way. And I'd say, that's a great idea. You idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I did that all day. And, and I saw how that broke down uh, trust and it broke down relationships, and it, it most importantly put me in the active mode. When, when you're in a reactive mode because you're judging other people or you're judging the situation, it's not right, it's not good, it could be better, but you don't know what to do with, about it. When you're in that mode, then someone else has control of your destiny. And that's what people need to know today. They got to get in control of their destiny. And that one tool will help them get out in front of their challenges instead of just simply reacting all day, every day to the challenge of the day or the crisis of the moment. Yeah, I can. I think I can also see myself in, in what you said and, and have and at times done exactly what you said, you know, like, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. What an idiot. What a dummy. What what a waste of my time. Uh, right. It's a, it's human nature. We yeah. all do it. The, the question is how quickly can we catch ourselves and coach ourselves to get out of that mode? And, and it's so simple. It's so easy to do it when we can catch ourselves. We can say, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Either this guy has some uh, life lesson for me, some gift for me, or this situation. Maybe the guy really is an idiot, but the situation is teaching you something about having stronger boundaries or higher standards, higher expectations. Yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't help but think that again that this is an opportunity for an organization to do that to really right size, but then also for each to to your point, each one of us individually to be right sizing and to be recognizing that kind of self talk and 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 how it is yeah. that, that we're responding to situations that we maybe don't think is the smartest thing because you hundred yeah. percent can get caught in that negativity. Right, 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 right. Yes, 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 yes. And the other thing we have to do in this trying time with the coronavirus is we have to be better prepared to be strategic, to be proactive, to get, I think there's going to be a ton of of gifts that this, this time at home has brought us. And I think people are going to want to create more sane and humane workplaces because um, first of all, they're going to miss each other, miss that team environment face to face, and they're going to just naturally be more respectful of each other. I think there were some opportunities in our workplace to to eliminate some of that. And I, I, I think the root issue for that is that people were trying to do too much too quickly. We weren't prioritizing you know, to the necessary few. We were in this reactionary mode, reacting to the challenge of the day. So I think what we're going to need to do uh, to be successful and to be agile is um, is get out of that reactive mode and be more proactive and strategic. So so how do we know if if and when we're we're actually ready to start moving in the direction of growth? 
Well, I think it was yesterday. I think we have to assume that, um, you know, we are going to get on the other side of this. It could be a double dip. It could be a year and a half. Um, it could be, I don't know how long it could be, but I'm no scientist or no public health expert, but, but we have to assume that, um, that we are going to get on the other side of this and start right away using some new and different approaches and get out of our comfort zone. Our comfort zone is just to be reactive because then you don't have to strategize. You don't have to plan. You don't have to organize. Just someone that's going to go into a work today or I'm going to open up my laptop. I'm going to respond to all the emails that I have. I'm going to respond to my team's challenge of the day. I'm going to respond to whatever the fire drill is, but that puts you um, in that victim mindset where somebody else has control over the team's success and your company's success. So we have to start today to be more strategic, carve out time to think and organize and plan so we can make decisions that are strategic and then act on those decisions in a real strategic way. So thinking, organizing, and planning. I think that we all need to be doing more of that, certainly more thinking uh, in terms of the actual yeah. organization and, and the planning of, of those thoughts. How, how much is, is there a structure that you recommend? Is it you need to block the time out on a, this frequency and involve these people? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beautiful. Well, um, I have an ebook called The Respond, Not React. With an individual, either an individual contributor or a, a frontline supervisor, all the way up to the board chair. It helps you as an individual. Think, take the time to think more strategically. The first um, five or six steps creates a white space on your calendar so you have time to think. And then the uh, seven exercises have a, a seven, eight, nine are different kinds of think time. But uh, number nine is just the, I call it creative tension think time, which is um, a phrase coined by uh, Peter Senge. And creative tension, uh, he says, is just the gap between where we are and where we want to be, whether it's revenues or productivity or uh, number of hours worked, whatever. So we just have to have that time. And then for your whole organization, I like, you know, for teams to look at things weekly together and be strategic. And I like for um, senior leadership teams to do it monthly. Um, a lot of companies I know will do it quarterly, but I think monthly, in these trying times when we have to be so agile, things are going to come up and, um, I think we need to collectively take that step back as a leadership team and take two to four hours a month and, um, you know, measure the progress of the goals that we had set back in January of 2020. Where are we on those goals? Where are we on the new goals that we're establishing today because the world's been turned upside down? Where are we on um, our long-term goals? So uh, not that we're not going to tweak all of that, but to get that, to be, to be making our decisions based on um, um, the current reality. So we're, we're grounded in that reality and we're aware of what that data shows us and that, that can inform the, you know, the, the, the new goals and the new visions and the new plans. Yeah. So we I, have to be able to measure that. Does oh, that for make sure. sense? Yeah, it does. You need, mm-hmm. to know, you need to know the facts of the, of, of what's going on. And, you know, as, as, right. as, as, as you're talking, it, popped into my head that um, we've all certainly been in meetings where we were engaging in that behavior about, oh my gosh, I'm, this is another dumb meeting. And so it's sort of, right. like a, sort of like a chicken and the egg thing is, 
is if you have all A players who are fully engaged in, in the mission and the work, then that will happen considerably less than if you've not yeah. done the work to thin the herd. You've got people right. who are skating by, and then they're going to be lousy meetings. Right. And also, uh, habit number one in my nine habits is to arrive uh, early, either if you're going to a client's office, arrive early, or if you're just having people come to you in your corporate setting, um, have a 15 or 20 minute break. It gives you a chance to, to first of all, write down what did you just promise people? And more, more importantly, what did they just promise you? Because if you don't write it down, it doesn't get put into existence and nobody's going to remember it. And then it gives you a chance to think about, okay, what's my next meeting and what's the purpose of that meeting and uh, what role am I supposed to play and what outcomes do we need to drive to? If you just get clear on those few things, even if you're just two nanoseconds as you walk down the hall to the conference room, the meeting is going to be exponentially more productive. And you can say, and you could be the summer intern and do this. You don't have to be the board chair or the CEO or senior VP. Anybody can start the meeting by saying, hey, uh, would it be okay if we just clarified the purpose of the meeting today? Here's what I think in my mind. Am I off base or is this good? But just having that purpose clarified, first of all, it frees up time for people because people are going to stand up and say, oh, I realize I'm not even the right person to be in this meeting. I'm going to go back to my office and get Bob, send Bob over. He's a subject matter expert on this topic. And uh, so it frees people up, create, starts to create void space on their calendar, and then the meetings are exponentially more energizing, so you're, not, you're better able to manage those conversations in your head, like you were saying, George, and they're more productive. We, we raise billions and billions of dollars in the United States in uh, unproductive meetings. Yeah, wasted time, and and again, I don't think anybody likes those when when we are wasting time. So I think that that's excellent right there. Good stuff. Mm-hmm, well, Catherine, mm-hmm. Savage Nation is ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? Well, if you want to grow your career or grow your company, you got to start by growing yourself. And these nine habits are critical. And the other two things that are so critical, and you're going to say, what? This is so silly. Why did George have Catherine on her his program? But so fundamental to all of us. We have to get out in nature on a regular basis. Something about, you know, hearing the birds and seeing the trees and the flowers gets us more grounded and helps us have a more broad perspective. And we have to get our heart rate elevated. Studies show that we have to um, get those endorphins released in our brain so we can have a more balanced perspective and look at things from a bigger picture, more strategic perspective, more uh, strategic mindset. So those three simple things, the nine habits, and then getting out in nature and getting your heart rate elevated regularly, those are going to help you grow yourself. So you're just going to naturally, intuitively be asking better questions in the meetings. You're going to be asking other people better questions. You're going to say, hey, you know, how can I help you get this project back on track? I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets Come on. Come on. Got to get mm-hmm. outside. Got to get moving, Catherine, mm-hmm. which you can certainly do. Yeah. We can all go out and take walks even right now. So amen to right. that. Yes, amen. Well, Catherine, thank you so much for coming back on. Tell us again where Savage Nation can learn more about you. Well, I'm all over LinkedIn and Facebook, but you have to know how to spell Catherine. It's K-A-T-H-A-R. I N E and Halpin is H A L P as in Peter, I N as in Nathan, Halpin. And our website is www.halpincompany.com. 
and we have a blog there. And um, and Amazon, I have an author's page on Amazon because I have a couple of books. In addition to the ebook, I have uh, an earlier version of that, as well as my book, Alignment for Success, Bringing Out the Best in your Yourself, Your Teams, and Your Company. And uh, I got a few videos on that author's page. So that's a, a good resource. It tells you more about my background growing up in Mississippi, too. Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Catherine your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. You can find her on LinkedIn, on Facebook, should you be able to spell her name correctly, and helpincompany.com, H-A-L-P-I-N-C-O-M-P-A-N-Y.com. List all those in the notes of the show. Thank you again, Catherine. Thank you, George. Thank you, George. It's an honor. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together.